Have you ever been betrayed by a friend or rejected by someone who used to love you? Or have you ever had someone say to you in anger, I'm done with you? At some point, we have all experienced the pain and loss of broken love. Well, coming up next on Daily in Christ, the steadfast love of God that never gives up on you. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos. Well, today, part seven of our enlightening series, Blessed Beyond Imagination. Now, that title is not an overstatement. In fact, that title's an understatement compared to the greatness of the goodness of the love of God and His goodness and out of that heart of love and goodness, how He does indeed bless us beyond imagination. Sad to say, most Christians live miserable lives, far below their God-given privileges and rights from the loving heart of our Father, made possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, the reason why Christians are living such miserable lives is because they are ignorant of God's incredible heart of blessing. There's even a little bit of a kickback that we can have that says, well, Yeah, I know, but uh, aren't we supposed to be seeking God first? True, we are. But you can't ignore from Genesis all the way through the Revelation, God is indeed a blessing God who blesses beyond imagination. We have been in just one passage, Psalm 103, and we've been witnessing many of those great blessings. And last time on Daily in Christ, we were in Psalm 103, verses 8 through 10, and we explored the great dimensions of God's steadfast love. There's a Hebrew word that is used in the Old Testament, kesed. And there are three aspects to this incredibly rich word that does capture the heart of God, that word kesed. And those three parts are love, steadfastness or faithfulness, and strength on behalf of a weaker one. Let me say that again. Love, the first part. Secondly, the steadfastness or faithfulness. And third, strength on behalf of a weaker one. And if you heard our installment the last time, we said that these three aspects are absolutely integral. You can't miss any of them. It's a lot like a three-legged Uh, stool, take out one of the legs and it falls over. All of this speaks, Kesed, of God's covenant love for us. Well, today we're going to pick it up at Psalm 103, beginning in verse 12, and continue to discover more of the incredible dimensions of God's steadfast love. Before we do that, let's take some time right now in prayer. Lord, we are blessed beyond imagination through the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, Father, where we enter into this holy ground of your kesed, your steadfast or unfailing love, Father, I thank you so much for your word. And thank you for places like Psalm 103 that just unfold carefully, bit by bit, Uh, as if it was treasure by treasure, jewel by jewel, the wonders of your heart of love expressed through the blessings that we have received through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray today by the word and by your spirit, Father, I pray that you would open up to our understanding a deeper understanding and, and revelation, Lord, of your steadfast love. And Lord, may it transform our lives to realize this love does not give up on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead. Let's read in Psalm 103, and I'm going to begin in verse 12, which says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities 
his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord, and that's where the word is, steadfast love, is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as those as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. I'm going to stop right there because that's sort of the natural flow of the thought. And I'm remembering to flip over to the English Standard Version. The reason is because the ESV translates that Hebrew word chesed as steadfast love. Uh, The New American Standard translates it as, I believe, unfailing love. Uh, But for some reason, the King James and the New King James versions, which I favor, has translated over and over again, most of the time, the Hebrew word kesed as mercy, which is not accurate. It is God's steadfast love. Now, I want you to remember something. As we continue to look at the incredible dimensions of God's steadfast love, God's steadfast love is a love that never, ever gives up on you. Mm, That's powerful. Let me say that again. I, I need to hear that. How about you? Again. God's steadfast love is kesed, is a love that never, ever gives up on you. It never, ever gives up on me. Now, I started off this uh, podcast with the negativity of knowing the hurt and of, of someone who gave up on us. But we've had situations in our lives where we have known the power of a loving friend or family member who never gave up on us, despite the wrong that we've done. And a real friend is one who sticks with us no matter what. I'm reminded of that great hymn of our faith, O Love That Wilt Not Let Me Go. It was a song or a hymn that was written at a time of great pain in the hymn writer's life. Listen to these lyrics and, and see if you don't agree with me on this. O Love That Wilt Not Let Me Go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. O joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not in vain. That morn shall tearless be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust, life's glory dead, and from the ground there blossoms red life that shall endless be. And let me repeat that first stanza once again. O love that wilt not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean's depths its flow may richer, fuller be. This hymn writer had a pretty powerful glimpse and experience of God's steadfast love, the love that will not let me go. And will you please take note that this wonderful, safe love is a place where we can rest our weary soul in Him. And the response is a giving back to God. It's a a surrender. It's a yielding that is born out of the depths of God's great love, His great steadfast love love. I'm going to say it again. God's 
Steadfast love never gives up on you, never gives up on me. That's his steadfast and unfailing love. You might say, yeah, that sounds good, Mark, but you don't know how I have failed God so many times. Well, you know what? We all fail. But God never fails. His love is an unfailing, perfect love. And as we continue through Psalm 103, we're going to be just taken up in the infinite dimensions of this great, unfailing love. Could I encourage you today? The Bible is not the story of successful people. It is the story of failures. But they are failures like you and I who have encountered the God who never fails. The Bible is all about this wonderful, amazing God who never fails. His love is unfailing. It's steadfast. It never gives up on you. And that's the power of his love. And may I say this, I mentioned this last time in our podcast when we were starting to look at this incredible blessing of God's steadfast love, that Hebrew word chesed. And do you know that that steadfast love is what swept Israel's great King David right off his feet? Over and over again, it comes up in the Psalms, this Hebrew word chesed, steadfast or unfailing love. Uh, Psalm 21 verse 7 says this, For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the steadfast love of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Wow, that's just one verse. Isn't that so rich? How about this? In Psalm 36 verse 7, uh, the psalmist says this, How precious is your loving kindness. There's that word, chesed. O God, therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Psalm 36, verse 7. Well, we are looking at the incredible blessings and benefits of our loving God. And now in Psalm 103, looking at the great dimensions of God's steadfast love, that powerful Hebrew word, chesed. And uh, first of all, let's go to uh, verse 11. Verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. That's Psalm 103, verse 11. You know, I was uh, praying and studying about this and reflecting on this as the heavens, uh, as high as the heavens are above the earth. You know, these days through modern astronomy, we are discovering just how incredibly high that is. You've got the Hubble Space Telescope that has given us a view into the far reaches of space that's totally unprecedented. And then we have other um, earthbound uh, observatories that can pick up uh, x-rays and gamma rays and so forth, parts outside of the visible spectrum. And the universe is incredibly vast. In fact, scientists uh, use as the basic unit of measurement in outer space is the light year. It's so big that the basic unit of measurement is the light year. That's the distance that light travels in one year. Light in a year. That's, do you know how, how big that is? That's 5.88 trillion miles. Now remember, that's the basic unit of measurement in space. You know, the basic unit of measurement of distance here on planet Earth, if you're in the United States, it's the mile, and a lot of other places, it's the kilometer. But out in outer space, in the universe, it's a light year, 5.88 trillion miles. Well, I don't know about you, but when I get a number like 5.88 trillion, it just pops a circuit breaker in my head. And so one time I was thinking, okay, 5.88 trillion. Well, what if I had 5.88 trillion pennies? 
Well, in addition to being ridiculously wealthy, how high would a stack of 5.88 trillion pennies be? What do you think? Well, would you believe it? A stack of 5.88 trillion pennies would go all the way up to the moon and back round trip almost 12 times. Oh my goodness. And we're not even talking about, you know, 5.88 trillion pennies here. We're talking about a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. And this is just the basic unit of measurement out in the cosmos. Scientists tell us that the known universe is billions of light years in size, billions times 5.88 trillion miles. And recent discoveries have shown that they, there may very well be a multitude of other universes, not just this one that's billions of light years in size. It's mind boggling, isn't it? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. That is the greatness of God's steadfast love for you. And when it says those who fear him, that's the reverential fear of God that is due. Man, he, he is awesome. I mean, just in his created order, it's amazing. He is beyond that by factors of infinity. And then it says this, you know, again, these dimensions of the steadfast love of God. Verse 12 says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. You know, on our round earth, you can walk east or west forever and you never reach a stopping point. It just goes on and on. So as far as the east is from the west, there's no ending point. That's how far that God has removed our transgressions from us. Not merely covering over sins as under the covenant of law, but the complete removal of sins as far as the east is from the west. That's what the Bible calls the remission of our sins in the new in the new covenant and what did it take to completely remove those sins as far as the east is from the west from us that remission of sins hebrews 9:22 says this without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins did you catch it without the shedding of blood there is no remission Nothing less than the precious blood of Jesus washes that sin away. I don't care what you have done. Jesus' blood and his righteousness and his death is infinitely stronger than your worst sin. God removes our transgressions so far from us because of his steadfast love. Just take a moment, let that soak in, ponder the incredible steadfast love that would remove our defilement, our impurity, our iniquity, our wickedness, our sin forever away. Praise God. And then verse 13 says this, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. This is the father's love and compassion. God is the ultimate father. Ephesians 3.15 says this, uh, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and earth is named. This is the the real father, the real father, fatherhood, the real father's love. And our heavenly father has compassion on us. In the complete word study of uh, the, um, in the Hebrew language, the word for compassion 
means this, to have compassion, to have mercy, to find mercy. The word pictures a deep, kindly sympathy and sorrow felt for another who has been struck with affliction or misfortune, accompanied with a desire to relieve the suffering. That's the Hebrew word there for uh, compassion, where it says in Psalm 103, verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. This goes right along with the aspect of chesed, steadfast love, that is strong on behalf of a weaker one. You know, you think of a father, a good father, and a little child gets hurt. That child's, that father's going to run and scoop that child up and help with compassion and love. That father is strong enough to hurt that child, but his strong love doesn't hurt the child, but helps the child. With a deep, kindly sympathy and sorrow felt for another who has been struck with affliction or misfortune, accompanied by a desire to relieve the suffering. That's the compassion of God's steadfast love. It's the compassion of our Father, our Heavenly Father. And look at this, verse 14, it says, For He knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. The frame, the word frame here refers to our physical makeup or earthliness. God knows our frame because he created us. Remember back in Genesis, God created Adam, our, the first man out of the dust of the ground. And God remembers that we are dust. He knows and understands our human weakness, infirmity, frailty and inability he remembers that that's the reason behind the compassion of the father and again what just seems to swell out of this uh, concept of the steadfast love of the lord is the part that says the strength of a stronger one on behalf of a weaker one god remembers our frame He remembers that we are dust. Now, a little while ago, we were talking about the vastness of the universe, the greatness of God, and and take that and compare that with us. No comparison at all. So far above and beyond, and yet God knows that. God knows that we're weak. God knows that we are dust. We're human. This compassion toward our human weakness and frailty is the dimension of God's chesed, his steadfast love, which means strength on the behalf of a weaker one. This is his strong love and yet compassionate. God feels with us what we're going through. He understands it. I think of what it says over in Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. Now, this is speaking about Jesus as the son of man in humanity. He had to be made like his brethren that he might be, listen to this, a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Something similar is said over in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the compassionate love of God, feeling it with us, understanding it. Why? Because the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born the Son of Man. And you could say the Son of Dust, because Adam was made of the dust. 
Jesus took on our humanity in all of its weakness, yet without sin. And that is the deep wells of the compassionate, strong love of God our Father. Another dimension, another aspect of this incredible blessing of God's steadfast love. Verse 15 says this, and along the same theme of, you know, man's weakness, his frailty. Verse 15, Psalm 103, verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. You know, you can go out, and I'm recording this in the month of June here in the United States in the Northern Hemisphere. It's summertime, and there are fields full of grass and wildflowers. But you know, in several months down the road, the cold winds of of November are going to sweep over those fields, and it'll be gone. The field will be there, but the grass will be gone. And in its place, it remembers it no more. The glory of man is similar. It's so temporary. Then in a moment, it's gone. I mean, go through the who's who or the popularity list. You know, who are the most popular actors? Who are the most popular athletes? Who are the most popular musicians or whatever? And they're that way for only a little period of time and then they're gone and we sort of forget about them and then there's someone else who comes along that's the way it is with man the glory of man is temporary and then it's in a moment gone and as it says here in verse 15 and in its place its place remembers it no more gone to the point of not being remembered again Now, this speaks of our physical body. For the believer, however, we have an eternal spirit that goes on forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 55 gets through through that. And I don't have any time to touch base on that, but it talks about how the mortal will take on immortality, the corruptible, incorruptible, mm, something awesome to look forward to. And yet, even in this frail now earthy, dust, humanity. God remembers us. And he has the compassion of a father toward us. We're looking at these incredible dimensions of the steadfast love of the Lord. And verse 17 is probably the most powerful of all. It says this, Psalm 103, verse 17, but the steadfast love, kesed, of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Did you catch that? The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. This steadfast love of God is so unlike our fickle, failing human love. It is not temporary. It's not this, you know, he loves me, he loves me not. I think a lot of Christians in their up and down experience, they're not grounded in the truth of God's steadfast love. And so in the back of their mind, or maybe the front of their mind, they're thinking, does he love me? No, he doesn't love me. I messed up here. I failed him there. He loves me. He loves me not. No, that's not, that's not the steadfast love of God. It's not here today and gone tomorrow. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, which flows out of the eternal nature of his being. This everlasting love flows out of his great love, like it says in Ephesians 2, 4, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. Did that verse go by a little too fast? Ephesians 2, 4. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. This is the great steadfast love, Kesed, of God that is everlasting. Never, ever does this steadfast love 
give up on you. Never will it give up on me. His love never quits, never stops. That's because it is an everlasting, steadfast love coming from the heart, the infinite heart of our loving Heavenly Father. It's always there with us, no matter the circumstances. Romans 8.37 says this, Yet in all these things, even dire, life-threatening circumstances, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you see that? We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's because of God's great steadfast love. It's because of his great heart of love. It's because God is good. God's steadfast love is our foundation of security and real hope. It's from everlasting. It speaks of God out of eternity past. God has no beginning nor end. It's from everlasting. God is from eternity past to everlasting, speaking of God in eternity future. Ephesians 1.4 says this, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's from everlasting. That's in Ephesians 1.4. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, listen to this, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. My friend, that is out of, from everlasting, from eternity past. Jeremiah 31 3 and remember this was the Lord speaking at a time of deep betrayal of his people and they, the, the time of judgment was at hand and yet God says this Jeremiah 31 verse 3 the Lord has appeared of old to me saying yes I have loved you with an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness that's that Hebrew word kesed I have drawn you. Let me say that again. Jeremiah 31.3 The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. (laughs) Wow. Soak into that. Oh, that's so good. The amazing love of God from eternity to eternity. The steadfast love of God is what we get forever. Forever. That is so, that's so amazing. As amazing and wonderful as God himself. Verse 18, back to Psalm 103, verse 18, it says this, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Now remember, please, that we Those in Christ are now under the infinitely superior new covenant. Remember that Psalm 103 verse 18 was brought forth uh, before Christ on the backside of the cross. Now Jesus has fulfilled all in all righteousness. And we are under the superior new covenant where Jesus is the covenant keeper. And he fulfills all inside us and through us. We receive all the benefits of his obedience. The believer is absolutely not under law. Romans 6.14. We're under grace. We are under the Lord Jesus Christ. And we live and operate by Christ in us. The hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. We live and operate by his righteousness, his goodness, his steadfast love. And the output, the fruit of this new covenant reality of Christ, our life, Christ, our righteousness is this. Galatians chapter five, beginning in verse 22, love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, goodness, and kindness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Everything that we receive from God is not based upon our righteousness, our goodness, or our obedience. It is based upon the righteousness, goodness, and obedience of another, the Lord Jesus Christ. Got to move on. Verses 19 through 22 um, in Psalm 103. And we're going to kind of turn the corner here, kind of wrap up Psalm 103. I hate to leave the topic of God's steadfast love. I'm going to do a series probably sometime in the future that uh, just will settle in on this idea of uh, chesed and God's steadfast love. But wrapping up Psalm 103 quickly, verses 19 through 22. uh, and, And this sums up all in praise to this wonderful king who blesses us. Verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We'll back up to verse 19 and uh, unwrapping each of these wonderful verses one by one. It says this, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Now it says here, The Lord in all capital letters in my Bible, which is the Hebrew word Jehovah or Yahweh. That is the great, powerful, covenantal name of God where he revealed himself to his servant Moses and to his children Israel as I am. I am has established his throne in heaven. God has done this. And there is no one higher or stronger than God. The actions that God takes cannot be undone by anyone else, including you or me. And this God is king in heaven. He rules over all. I'll tell you what, that's encouraging to me to know that God is the one who's number one. He is the king above all kings. He is the president above all presidents. He is the Lord of lords. That's encouraging to me and to you because it seems that the world has just lost its mind. You know, we have this election that's going on as I record this podcast right now in the United States. And I have never witnessed an election in my life where I have seen more new lows and low blows, such childish behavior. There's even been riots that have been instigated at campaign appearances. That's the way it is with flesh. That's the way it is with man but not with God. God, the King of kings, rules over all. Ultimately, God overrules a bad president, a bad king, a bad prime minister, a bad CEO, or maybe a bad boss. God's rule and reign is ultimate, sovereign, unstoppable. And a powerful example of this was uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. This man was the strongest man on earth. He was a powerful emperor. Nobody could beat him. He was indeed one of the most powerful rulers in all of history. And there was a day when he was kind of strutting about up in his beautiful palace, beholding his incredible kingdom and thought, man, I am the stuff. I am hot stuff. I am powerful. I am amazing. And he essentially began worshiping himself. And God spoke to him. God dealt with him and said, You, Nebuchadnezzar, because you did not give glory to me, who is the king and God of all, you will be like an animal down on all fours in the wet dew. And you know what? This powerful king Nebuchadnezzar was humbled, humiliated. He was like a wild animal for seven years, lost his mind groveling in the ground. Can you imagine how shameful that was? 
this powerful king and he's acting like an animal he's out of his mind he's insane and then it says in Daniel chapter 4 verse 34 and at the end of the time this period of seven years of insanity I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven you know the Hebrew idiom for pride is lifted up someone who is lifted up who exalts themselves that's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did but what happened when he was humbled at the end of that time of deep humiliation I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever listen to this for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing he does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth no one can restrain his hand or say to him what have you done man isn't that incredible those words that's king nebuchadnezzar a guy who was a pagan king who thought he was god boy he sure wasn't he was frail human flesh dust and god was merciful toward him i mean merciful through a severe mercy but he learned his lesson didn't he and he did lift up his eyes he did exalt god you know if we take some time and ponder over the course of human history there have been leaders like nebuchadnezzar who rose to great power and people thought there's no one like him no one will ever come and our lives just get eclipsed by this figure that is out there with all of their power but if you're a good student of history you know that doesn't last very long you've got alexander the great you've got Roman emperors, Caesars. You have kings and emperors and rulers throughout all the corridors of time. They're all gone. Just like the grass of the field flourishes one moment, the wind passes over it, and the field doesn't even remember its name. And listen to King Nebuchadnezzar there in Daniel chapter 4, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven all whose works are truth and his ways justice and those who walk in pride he is able to put down i have encountered more christians with this election lately who are wringing their hands you'd think that god went on a vacation god left his throne and i want to shake them and say excuse me he is God. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. And Nebuchadnezzar became quite the wise man when he looked to God, when he revered and honored God. And he said there in Daniel 4, verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down those who walk in pride god is able to put down daniel 4:37 that king is the lord jesus christ and how striking it is over in philippians chapter 2 beginning in verse 9 it says this Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's in Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. And read the back of your Bible what do you see god the king of kings and lord of lords wins god wins and the blessing that we have from this king romans 8:37 says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us 
There is no one, nothing, no thing that is greater than the one who is so good, who is such a blessing God as this one. Look at how all of creation worships him, heaven, earth, even me, even you. The remaining verses here in Psalm 103, um, the angels, it says, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Angels, all the creatures of heaven. Verse 21, bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers, servants of his who do his pleasure. That's in verse 21. And then verse 22, here on earth, bless the Lord, all his works, his creation. That refers to all of his creation, not just here on earth, but the cosmos, the universe and universes beyond. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion, refers to his rule and reign. And then it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and even me. Psalm 103 started with me. Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And Psalm 103 ends with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. There's so much that we could talk about when we talk about the incredible blessing of God. This God who blesses beyond imagination. Psalm 103 is just one of many places in the scripture which traces the incredible depths and dimensions of this amazing blessing God. And we're in it. And coming up next time on Daily in Christ, we will look at some of the lives of those who had the hallmark of being blessed of God. Don't miss it as we continue in our series, Blessed Beyond Imagination. Let's pray. Father God, today we have received a deeper and more profound glimpse of your amazing, blazing heart of love. This steadfast love and the incredible dimensions of your steadfast love. And Father, We are encouraged by the fact that you are king. You rule over all. You are God, second to none. No one. You do not answer to someone else. We must answer to you. And Father, I just thank you for this place of security, of your powerful, everlasting, compassionate, steadfast love. I thank you, Lord, for the security of knowing that the one who is the number one, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the president of presidents, the boss of bosses, is this amazing, this powerful, this secure. And Lord, as we were thinking about that, him, O love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. It's so true. And we draw our life and our breath and our being and our fire from you. Now, Father, by the Holy Spirit, take these words from your word, the Bible. And Lord, do what only you can do. Through the Holy Spirit, bring wisdom and revelation in the full, deeper, complete, higher, greater, better knowledge of you. Lord, that we would begin in that knowing of you to begin to discover the incredible dimensions of your love and your blessing toward us. And Father, may we be quick to share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, dear friend, were you blessed today? i tell you what, I was really blessed. Not because I'm the speaker. I, I'm just uh, humbled, I think, to be the messenger of such a wonderful message. But this isn't my message. This is God's message. And I'm not the only messenger. You're a messenger of his love as well. And I want to 
Thank you for taking time in your Christian life to listen on a regular basis to the Daily in Christ podcast. That tells me the caliber of Christian that you are. You're not interested in just sort of a cursory, everyday, sort of boring Christianity, but you are passionate about God. You want to know Him and you want to make Him known. And that is a strong motivation for me as the teacher in this podcast to seek the Lord together with you and to learn together of Him. If this podcast, Daily in Christ, is a blessing in your life, please do us a tremendous favor. Tell it to a few good friends. Tell it to your Christian friends. Tell it even to non-Christian friends. You say, well, I'm not sure if they would understand everything. That's all right. God's word is powerful, and we're diligent to share that word. Even if that unsaved person gets one little thought, it's not a little thought. It's a powerful thought, like the idea of God's steadfast, unfailing love that could revolutionize their life. Let them know about the quality, Christ-centered Bible teaching through our podcast, Daily in Christ. We have a website, dailyinchrist.org. And at that website, there are articles that uh, talk about different things about this wonderful Lord. There are all of our podcasts. There's also information about how you can uh, download the Daily in Christ podcast to your mobile device, whether you have an Apple device or an Android device or maybe a Windows device. Our podcast works beautifully on all of those platforms. That's all available for you at dailyinchrist.org. Now this is Mark Van Oos reminding you once again, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Him.